Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for being with us today to go into the Word of God. And I appreciate you just turning in uh, on our weekly, many times bi-weekly broadcast to just, again, to study the Word of God. And my desire and my whole purpose is to bring light to the, to the, uh, to the Scriptures and would hopefully encourage you to go and seek them out. Because it's not enough to hear me talk or any preacher to talk or preach or teach or how the word is delivered. But it's, it's uh, incumbent upon you. It's, it's uh, matter of fact, it's your duty to take the word of God and read it, meditate on it, and see how and what, um, how and what, and in what manner this, this word applies to you and take it. Because the Bible says that we must meditate therein. Uh, one of the scriptures that God uh, gave to Joshua after Moses had died, um, Israel was mourning for Moses for 30 days. And there came a time when the father told them, said, okay, Moses, my servant, is dead. In other words, he said, from this point, you must recognize. And he told him, says, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. But he goes on to that eighth verse and tells him that you have got to take this book of the law and keep it in front of your eyes. Meditate on it day and night. And he began to expound to him about studying the word and meditating on it because the word of God is God. So this is what we're going to be talking about this week. It's going to be um, uh, going back to basics. And that basics is that where we get to the very foundational teachings that we have. And before we get in, let me give you a couple of ways to join us. One, uh, you can write us at Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061 or you can email us at pastor eric 523 uh, at gmail.com that's pastor eric 523 the number 523 at gmail.com so today we're going to start out again in the book of john we're going to be at john 1 and 1 talking about the basics but going back to uh what we were just talking about about how the lord was setting a uh, joshua up and he was setting him up to letting him know joshua the word of God is what you must stand on. That's which my servant Moses wrote. And the commandments and laws that they had under the law. And many of you, have, uh, if you've read, if you've uh, paid attention to this broadcast, know that I preach grace. I preach the love of God. But I also want to let you know that grace does not dismiss the law. The law was good and the law is perfect. The problem with the law is that it exposed us that we to the fact that we were not worthy. On top of that, the law was not given to us as being, uh, as being Gentiles. And, and for another, the only man that could live the law and did live the law perfectly was Christ himself. And if we go over, and my, one of the scriptures I like to go to over in the book of James, it says that if you offend in all, offend in one rather, if you break one of those 613 laws, then you break them all. In other words, you are offended of all. By breaking one law, you are guilty of all six, the other 612. So, again, when we're talking about going back to basics, it's going back to, um, let's go, I believe there's a scripture in Colossians, I think it's Colossians 2, 6 says that as you receive Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. Again, he says, as you've received Christ Jesus. So, in other words, the same way that as you walked into and, as, and you fell in love and realized that God loves us. And then we fall in love with him. 
Man's reach to, to get religion, to get to get to God is called religion. It's when we make up our laws, we make up all of the things that we feel like that must happen in order for us to be, uh, uh, be close to God or God show us favor, then we establish our own God. But what God does, he sends his son. He sends Jesus Christ to the earth to be, the Bible is, uses the word propitiation. In other words, he's the substitute. He is the one that stands before God now. He's our mediator and says, Father, I live my life. I gave, I died for these people. I shed my blood for them. I offended you not in one law. And therefore, the Lord God said that when Christ gave his life, Jesus said, Lord, Father, it is finished. What was he saying? He was saying, I fulfill all that you sent me to do. I've submitted myself to you. I walked this walk. I paid the price of sin. I took on sin. And I paid the price of, of, uh, of a death by shedding my blood. Now, the Bible says he sits at the right hand of the Father, being our mediator. He is able to uh, ask for mercy, and God granted and hear him because God expects perfection. But when he looks at a believer, someone who has been covered by the blood and has received and believed in Christ, then God said, you are perfect too. Not because we do everything perfect, but because we now are shepherded by his son. We are covered by his blood. And we've come into an agreement by saying, yes, Jesus Christ is the son of God and he is my savior and I receive him for what he's done for me. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to uh, 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 jump through hoops or all these other things, go all of these other gyrations. And, you know, it's, it's not based on baptism. It's not based on denomination. It's not based on color. It's all based on whether you believe that when you receive, then you call upon the name of the Jesus, upon the name of Jesus, then you are saved. Simply believing and receiving the love from God. So, Let's go into scripture, as I said, uh, for the second time. This is over in the book of, uh, we're going to start in the book of St. John. We're going to read in the first chapter. We're going to start the first verse. And it reads, St. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So what was John establishing? He was establishing that Jesus Christ is the Word. He goes on to say, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. God was in Christ. And as Jesus walked the earth. And as he demonstrated God. To, to every one that would receive him. Although the Pharisees saw him. They could not see God. They did not see the revelation of the love of God. Which we'll get to in, a, in, a, in just a few minutes. But they did not see them. They saw they saw, they, they knew within themselves that nobody can do this. But because Jesus was breaking their formula, because Jesus was, uh, uh, and what I mean by breaking their formula, that, that when they saw him, uh, they knew where he came from. They said, okay, this, this, they call him, many called him a prophet, this teacher, that's what they call him, teacher, rabbi, master. They said, uh, where is he from? They said, Nazareth. And they knew that Nazareth was one of the poorest and smallest towns. And they could not believe that their Messiah could, would come from Nazareth. 
would come from this little, we call it today, this little rinky-dink town, this little hole in the wall, you know, a place where uh, 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 no other great prophet had ever come from. But God chose Nazareth to raise where his son was raised and where he was known as. He came, he was born in Bethlehem. And when the order came out to kill him, he went to Egypt. He went to Egypt to fulfill prophecy. Then he came out of Egypt, came back to Israel, and he settled in Nazareth. And when he grew up of age and he got to a certain uh, got to that point of jumping off point where his ministry began and they began to search through his history and say, who is this man? That's, that's Jesus. We know him. When he went, remember when he went back to his hometown and the Bible says he could not do very many miracles there because the people knew him. They become coming with him. Although they heard all the things that he had done. As he went to the wedding and changed water into wine, as he uh, uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, as he did all of these things surrounding them, and they heard about it. And then when he comes to their, their, their town, and he goes to the synagogue and opens it, and he begins to preach to them about and fulfilling uh, uh, the book of Isaiah, where he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he begins to expound to them what Isaiah had said. And because they heard it, they knew these were wonderful words. They knew that he came from the prophet, but they couldn't, they wouldn't and could not because the unbelief received it from him. Rather than saying, well, what a wonderful time, what a wonderful period we live in, to live in such a time that the Messiah has come. What did they say? Wait a minute. I know him. He's from down the street. His daddy was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. He didn't go to rabbinical school. He, he's, he's not a learned man. I don't know how he know what he, what he knows. But he has no, he's not of the, uh, the royal priesthood. He's not a son of Aaron. So how can he tell us what God has to say? And the Bible says, the God in Christ was limited. Why? Because of their unbelief. The Bible says he did, he could not do many miracles there because they didn't believe him. They wouldn't receive him. And this is the foundation that I'm talking about today. We, we look at the body of Christ as a whole. We're as sick. We're as, we have as many, um, uh, we have the many issues as the world does as uh, you see them in the church. We have anxiety, we have fear, we have all manner of torments. We're worried about tomorrow. Uh, as I speak now, only thing you hear about now in, in 22 now, that as we come, looks like we're coming out of uh, the pandemic as a whole. But now, everybody talks about pandemic. You tell every news station, pandemic, not pandemic, but recession. Recession. There's a coming recession. Recession is not even here. People are, laying, people are being laid off for something that may or may not happen. And they don't know the severity of it, but they're just like this. And, oh, it's coming. So let me go and make and, and, and put on these uh, austerity mes measures. Austerity means that when you start limiting and you start living uh, 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 on scarce, scarcity, scarcity means it's limited. They say, oh, there's going to be a limit of money, we're limited of food, be a limit of, of, of credit. So they start laying people off, reducing, uh, um, reducing production uh, because people are not going to buy. And you all say all of these things because they have fear. But what does Jesus says? Fear not. 
That's what he says in John uh, 14. He said, fear not. If you believe in God, believe ye also in me. And this is what I mean about going back to basics. When we go back to the word of God, when we go back to the one who delivered us, the one who saved us, the one who healed us, that as if we can remember what it felt like to be saved, what it, when that, that, that next day, it's one day. Now I'm talking about some people get saved, you know, and they, some cry, some leap, some run, some, uh, uh, they rejoice, but it doesn't matter what the feeling was. It's, what happened on the inside? So what if you didn't run over and run and jump a pew and roll out in the aisle and, you know, you weren't uh, laying down in a puddle of tears? What matters is what happened inside your heart when you receive that you believe. Jesus said, whosoever, uh, Romans 10 and 8, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when we believed it, then the Lord comes on the inside. He comes on the inside with his spirit. And he takes out the old evil, wicked spirit. And he imparts the Holy Spirit, that new spirit, the perfect spirit. Now remember, your soul is still there, which is your mind, will, and emotion, which must be transformed as the book of Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2 says. And of course we know we have our flesh, which basically obeys. The flesh was gonna, will obey what the spirit and the soul have to say. If you, if you receive the Christ on the inside, you have the, you have the very Holy Ghost on the inside. You receive the Holy Ghost. Then you, as your mind becomes renewed, your flesh will obey as you become under subjection to the word of God. So that's why the word of God is so important. That's why many times we just can't seem to find the time to read the scriptures. We can't seem to find the time to uh, go and study or have any quiet time or have any, uh, you know, have any relationship with God. You know, we, when we're riding in the car, we got to have music. We got to have the iPod pad. We got to be on the phone. Uh, when we sit at home, we got to have the television on. We got to have, got to be doing this, got to have the music on. We got to have this on. And we do not take the time and go back to the time of just listening and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for a beautiful day when we rise up in the morning. Or when some people work at night, so they may sleep all day. But when they wake up, they give God praise for another day. They give God glory for their, their spouse or their children or whatever monies they may have, whatever con condition they find themselves in in that day. And you may say, well, preacher, I'm here. I am in prison. I'm here. I am in the hospital. I'm sick. You know, nobody's coming to see me. I'm in a nursing home. My family has abandoned me. What do I have to be thankful for? The very fact that God knows your name. If God knows your name, if your name is, is, is written in the Lamb's book of life, then why are you worried? Everything that we see is going to change. Everything you see is temporary from the building that you're in, from the car that you drive to the clothes that you wear. Everything, even the very body that you live in right now is temporary. One day is going to expire. One day we're going to take off this body and put on our eternal body. Some to everlasting life, others to everlasting damnation. But one way or another, this current body is going to pass away. 
But what we see here in the book of John, as John began to speak on uh, about the word of God, he said in the second verse, the same was in the beginning with God. All things made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. He's talking about the very word of God, who is Jesus Christ the righteous. And see, this book that we read, it's not just a book. This is not, you know, there are many books that have been written down through the hundreds of, of, of thousands of years that the earth has, has uh, existed. Writings began when people put, uh, uh, I think it was Egyptian put, they call it, I think they call it cuneiform, where they wrote in characters. And they put their history and drew pictures. And, you know, uh, even in this country where you, know, you go in the caves, there are caves where it has uh, uh, characters on the, on the walls and show this, what they felt were historical things, the things that they need to keep. You know, it wasn't a language, but yet it was pictures of what they went through on the daily or something that was significant. They put it on the wall. But this book was preserved. This Bible, and they're finding examples of it oh, way over in, uh, in the Holy Land, in Israel, where many of the uh, ancient sects, they would take the Bible. They loved the word so. They would make copies of it. And when they found them, they wanted to say, okay, you Christians say that the Bible is the word of God, is the unchanging word of God. Let's see how close your Bible is the, these uh, manuscripts that we see that were written by the elders hundreds of thousands years ago. And when they do, they find that there are very few wordings in the Hebrew language that when they see them today, there are very few differences. This Bible was written by holy men as they were inspired. God made, he, he made sure that his word will continue on down through the ages. Yes, they were, they were men. Yes, they were written by men just same as us. And I know some would say, well, the white man, he wrote the Bible. You know, we don't believe that a man wrote this. So man put all these things in. God moved these. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. Let's go. Let's go over read. This is over in uh, the book of Timothy. Timothy, second chapter. And Paul begins to talk to Timothy. We're going to come back to John. But I'm going to just talk a little bit about the, the, the word of God. And again, when we're talking about the basics, see, if we don't believe what's been written, and Jesus says uh, that, that he is the way, the truth, and the light. When Jesus referred, he referred back to John, as I did earlier. Uh, he referred back to when he came to his country, came into his rather his uh, countrymen and he began to tell them who he was and that he was fulfilling Isaiah 61. So he referred back to what was spoken. Even when John the Baptist was in prison and John was there and he sent his disciples saying, uh, go and tell, go and ask him a question. Ask him if he's the one. Remember John had been in prison and he was, he didn't know, but it was a few days he was going to lose his head. He would get his head chopped off. And can you imagine a man that lived 30 plus years? He and Jesus were only six months apart. And he was sitting there in prison. And you know how it is when you're sitting and you're contemplating, Lord, I, I want to do the right thing. I've, I've, I followed the spirit as close as I could. But even John began to question and said, go and ask him, is he the one? Did I make a mistake? Did, did, is he the one? And when Jesus came to him, when they came to Jesus, rather, 
Jesus said, you go back and you tell, you, you, you tell John of what you've seen and heard. What did Jesus do while his disciples was there? He healed. He raised a man from the dead. He preached the gospel and, and sinners were saved. He did marvelous things in their eyes. He said, now you go back and tell him. And see, when you get back, when you, if you think about it, Jesus didn't answer his questions. He just performed the miracle signs and wonders that are written in the book of Isaiah. I believe it's in Isaiah 35 when it talks about that when Messiah would come, that there would be healing, that blinded eyes would be opened. The sick would be healed. The heart of the broken would be encouraged. That's what Jesus did. He went back to the word of God. And that's what we must do is to bring ourselves back to just trusting in what's been written. Renewing our faith. Stirring up the gift that's within us. Stirring up the Holy Spirit. Going back to praying in tongue. Going back to studying the word and just meditating on it. Just start. If you had to just start with five scriptures or two scriptures or one, take that scripture, meditate on it, and say, Father, teach me. Show me, Lord, how this applies to me. Help me, Lord, to get, get understanding and get a revelation of who you are and what you are doing in this last day and what you desire to do in me, through me, and for me. Because if God can get his word through you, he will get it to you. If God can give blessings through you, he will get blessings to you. Now, he is going to sustain you. But many of us, we want great blessings and we want things, the things of God to, uh, to manifest in our life so that the world will see. They see this miraculous so that because we are to be the envy of the world. And what I mean by going back to basics is that when we go back to basics, we're going to have to uh, show love again. Because the Bible says in the last days, the love of many shall wax cold. And if you know anything about wax, what does what does wax do? Wax just uh, when you in the old school when they made um, um, made candles, they took a wick with just a piece of string, and they would dip it in the wax. They dip it, just continue to keep dipping it. And what the wax would do, it would, be, it would build up on that cord until finally it got into a certain shape. They would trim it, and they would use that wax as a light, and it would light the whole house. But what has happened in our day, when we're talking about our love, we look at what we see now. All throughout time, you know, all every week, seems like it used to be weekly or monthly or yearly. You know, we start hearing these things back in the 90s where people were going to schools. They were going to hospitals, going to jobs and just kill and murder innocent people, whether they knew them or not. Now they're killing and shooting our the little children. They're killing them in the schools. They're spraying cars. They don't care who's in there. It's just as though they swatted a fly, not even caring and giving any concern of the innocent life that they are taking. But that's what Jesus said. In the last days, the heart and the love of many shall wax cold. Their heart will become hardened because there's so much that they see and so much that's happening that, okay, it was a flood in Kentucky last week, you know, it's fires out in, in California. You know, it's, it's, it's shootings in Texas, shootings in, in, in the Northeast, shootings in Minnesota. You know, people getting being killed. And you see all of these things, uh, uh, people getting angry with their family, even mothers who are distressed and despondent kill themselves and also the children. 
Men who, who become so despondent with their marriage or with themselves, they'll kill their wives. They'll kill the babies also. Folks, we are living in the last of the last days. We are seeing these things come to pass. But as I speak to you, the greatest revival the world has ever seen is happening now. I don't know what stage of beginning is happening, but it's, it's happening now. People are being saved. They're being delivered. They're being set free. And the power of God is being shown in those who will believe him. If you will just latch on to the faith and get back in the word, go back to the very basis with God has given you that love. As the Bible says, our faith works by love. That's over in Galatians. Let's go to Galatians 5th chapter. Galatians 5th chapter. And going to read, uh, let me go, I think it's Galatians 5 and 9. Let me, let me go there quickly. Uh, Galatians 5th chapter. I'm going to start reading at the verse number 5, I believe. Galatians 5. It says, um, I'm starting 6. Galatians 5, 5th chapter. If I can get there. Galatians 5 and 5. And it reads, For in Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. 2 Corinthians 13 talks about the, the, the love of God or God's kind of love. And it talks about how it's not unseemly, doesn't vault itself, it's not prideful, not easily offended. All of these things are in God's kind of love and it's in all of us. If you are a believer, you have love. You can love that ex-husband. You can love that mother-in-law. You can love that ex-wife. You can love those rebellious children. You can love that dishonest boss. You can love your, 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 your spouse, whether they're a Republican, you're a Democrat, or, or a Libertarian. You can love that daughter who's decided that she doesn't want to follow Christ anymore and now has become a, uh, a Muslim or whatever relationship she might have chosen. We, the love of God, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. That's love. But if we're going to see the faith, the faith, our faith work in this last day, it's going to work by love. It's by the love that's on the inside of us. Because if love within us, then the word of God can have free course within us. There are no hindrances. And yes, the grace of God can work and does work independent of us. But God needs willing vessels. People who know within themselves, it's not me. It's not I, Paul said. But it's Christ who's living in me, who works in me. And that's why Paul constantly said, pray that the word of God has free course in me. And that's why I've been reading to you today about going back to basics. The basics are the love of God. Faith unfeigned, unwearied. Scripture says, be not weary in well-doing, but you will reap if you faint not. Children of God, people of God, this is our time. This is our day. And no, you may not be on television. You may not have uh, a radio broadcast or podcast or whatever the case may be. But show the love where you are. In your family, on your job, in your church house, in the schoolhouse, by showing Christ. That's my prayer every day. Lord, help me to show you. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I fail. But I always get back up. There was a, com there was a commercial back in the day. There was a toy called a we Weeble. 
they would say uh, it was like a ping pong ball, but you could not knock it on the, you could knock it down, but it would, every time it would spring back up. I think the commercial says we will wobble, but they won't fall down. They won't stay down. And that's how we got to be. The Bible says the righteous fall several times. You may get knocked down. You may get uh, uh, pushed aside, but stay in faith. Be not weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you faint not. I pray you got something out of the uh, message today. I pray that you will go back to the Bible, study again the Word of God, get back into studying and meditating, and put God's Word as first. Make, put him, make your time with God your first time or your prime time. Maybe you're busy in the morning. Maybe you got children to raise and, and, and spouses to get out the door and you yourself getting out the door. You know, you may be a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom. Whatever you got to do, find your time to get before God in prayer, meditation, praying in the Spirit, and reading the Word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Father, I pray that this Word would and does have effect upon those who have heard it today. I pray, God, that their hearts would be pricked, O oh Lord, and they would hear what we say today and go back and study these scriptures, Lord, we put out for them. For God, this is a time. This is the hour. We are the people that you have chosen to live in this time, in this hour. And we pray, O oh God, that as you have time, as you prick our hearts to call and, and, and prick our hearts to do, we pray, God, that we do it in the spirit of love, knowing that the Christ in us is what the world needs to see. Proverbs 1 said that the righteous are bold as a lion. And yet, you said in your word that we must be humble as a lamb and wise as a serpent. I pray for those, Lord God, who hear us today, that they will continue on their journeys in grace. For any, Lord, who do not know you, no matter where they are, I pray that they will pray this prayer. Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he lived a sinful life, sinless life, and I believe he died for my sins and rose on the third day. And I believe he sits as mediator for me. Today I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. And I say thank you, Jesus, for including me in the family of God. If you prayed that prayer today, I pray that you would write us uh, at, at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you would email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us today in Journeys in Grace. And I pray that you'll be with us again in the next broadcast.